Welcome to The Storytellers, the radio show and podcast that features those who choose to leave their mark on the world through the art of story. I'm your host, Grace Salmon. I look forward to our time together today. Now, let's meet our storyteller. Susan Salmon has been a TV manager, a food PR executive, an environmental scuba diver, an alternative education teacher, and a small business owner. As a result of her various jobs and her interests, she has visited over 100, 100 countries and has touched down on all seven continents. Susan is the co-author, along with her photographer husband, Rick, of 10 books. Her most recent titles are The Oregon Coastal Photo Road Trip and The Route 66 Photo Road Trip. There she uses her iPhone and her exceptional skills to create storytelling images through iPhoneography. She's a great storyteller herself. Stories have always been an important part of her life. And now she uses her iPhone to bring her own storytelling way to her work in teaching and in future publications. Susan Salmon, welcome. I feel welcomed. Hi, Grace. Good to see you. It's great to see you. In full disclosure, you will always have to be my favorite guest because you're also my sister-in-law. There you go. And you'll, you'll be my favorite hostess forever. There you go. You got that done. There we are. So we've known each other since we were six years old, which mm -hmm. is an amazing story. Most sister-in-laws don't have that type of a relationship. And our fathers have a shared history as well. Mm -hmm. Talk just a bit because we love talking about our dads. It's, it's, it's so great that we have this parallel upbringing. So both our fathers worked in the television business, which is storytelling there too. And uh, your dad, of course, was in more of the news division in production. My father was an entertainment lawyer. And uh, yeah, so we grew up in homes where, you know, television was and the stories that they presented were a part of our uh, life. I remember neighbors flocking to our house to see, um, What's the one they play every Thanksgiving? The Wizard of Oz when they turned it to color. Because we had the yes. color television. I assume you had the same experience. Yes. So we have this wonderful shared experience. And storytelling has become so much a part of our adult mm -hmm. interaction. Mm -hmm. One of the reasons, Susan, I love talking to you all the time is I always learn something. So in preparing for today, I learned that there's something called iPhoneography. I yes. didn't know that was a thing. So talk to us about that. Um, well, so my husband and I have been running a small business that is focused on photography for years and years and years. And I've always been his assistant and worked on shoots and we travel a lot to destinations and he does photography for his clients. And it wasn't until I got an iPhone that I realized that I could like snap kind of my own photos as we were going along. And over the past 10 years, the technical improvements in the iPhone has created like a new kind of photography that we call iPhoneography. And you can not only take images, you can also process them and create very um, unique artistic images and things like that. So it's a whole category of things. And I've really uh, been inspired in our travels to try to show my um, side of what we've seen by, through my pictures I take with my iPhone. It makes it so accessible, I think, to everyone. Oh. 
that yes. whole concept of, you know, I don't need, I'm, Rick takes amazing pictures and that's fabulous. But you, I think, have brought a different side to the work as well, an important side that fine photography can happen through having a good eye, but also having this amazing instrument. How did you really figure out how to make that a part of your career? Well, I, I guess when I started snapping the pictures, I, it was very satisfying when I got something that I liked. And then through social media is definitely a big component of why iconography took off. Because now I want to share it. So, you know, we're, we're somewhere, we're, you know, traveling in Asia somewhere, and I get this amazing picture of maybe, you know, a person walking down a street, you know, with the lantern lights and everything like that. And in that moment, I can, like, I'm having a good time. I like the way the image looks, and I can press a button and share it with, you know, with friends around the world through social media. So I think it, it's sharing. Sharing was big. And you do such a great job of that as well. I love that you connect with people as you travel. And part of what I wanted to really focus on today was that theme of what you've accomplished in your latest two books, which are the road trip books. Yes. Talk to us about those, because I think those are the best example of who you are. Uh, thank you. And I think it's... Um Everybody can relate to this. So storytelling, because we travel a lot, one of the, when we meet people socially, people will always say to us, oh, where have you just been? Oh, we'll use Oregon. Oh, we just came back from the Oregon coast. We've been there many, many times. I've always wanted to go there. You know, where do you go? And so we usually say, oh, you can go to this place and get a beautiful picture. You can see the fishing boats in this city. The food is really good in this city. And we wound up... Um, always sharing the stories and people would want to know more. And then they'd email and say, oh, I'm thinking about going. Could you send me the name of that hotel or something? So the idea of the book is it's kind of like it's someone who the same thing is instead of me just sharing first person with someone, the places that we loved, the, um, the places you can go to take photographs or to eat, we put it all in a book and said, here you go. If you're going to go out to the Oregon coast and you're a photographer and you like these kinds of things, Here's a book and it will give you all the information. And I was thinking about the historic um, background on this about storytelling. So I was thinking back like to the early days of like somebody like a Marco Polo. Remember, he went all the way from Europe to Asia. And when he came back, everybody wanted to know where he'd been. What did he see? What did he eat? All of these things. And I think this kind of storytelling we're using or in these books, these guidebooks, we're doing the same thing. It's like we're, we're telling people about the location we went to, to either inspire them to go themselves or for them to kind of experience as if they were there. And here, I think the photography gets even stronger. When we publish an image, and you'll notice a lot of my images on my Instagram account, will always include a person. And it's not like a model that, you know, I, you know, I'll try to include a person in the image because it really makes you feel like you're there. And I think that is that piece that I wanted to get at. It's that connection to people, the yes. connecting us around the globe that you do so well. I, I love it when you come back from a trip and you'll say, oh, we met this person and we met that person. But that comes through in your work. And I don't even think I realized it was because, at least in part, you always had that person there to connect us. 
You know what? The people that you meet, of course, just if you just traveled somewhere, I mean, everybody has their own way for us without having these people that help us understand the context of that culture, right? So when we like meet someone or if they invite us into their home, I mean, this is the highest level of us of our favorite travel. If we haven't, you know, we're having coffee somewhere and someone says, oh, they'll see us with the cameras. Oh, well, your photographer's here. We're doing this and that. Oh, come over to my place. This happened in Sicily when we were there. And someone who knew that we were there and said, oh, please come for, you know, a to happy hour tonight at my home. And there you get invited into the home of someone overlooking this beautiful sea in Italy. And you get a chance to ask that. You see what their life is like. And I think it's so much more, It's it enriches the experience. And I think it also is good for us and the world. I think, you know, another thing going back to like social media and sharing, when we see how much we're the same, if we don't, you maybe don't look the same, our communities don't look the same, but the underlying backbone of these communities, if we're in a rural vi- village in on safari somewhere, it's still a mom and dad and kids next to a house where somebody else is a mom and dad and kids who have to make a living every day and come home and make dinner, get the kids ready in the morning and off to school. Absolutely. There's so many things that are the same. We always focus on, many times we focus on differences, but how about how much we are the same. And I experience that a lot with women, Grace. So when I meet a woman, I don't speak her language. And I'm thinking of these ladies when we were climbing up a hill in uh, Kathmandu to see something. And these ladies were laughing at me because I was huffing and puffing going up the hill. And they have these huge packs on in their legs because <laughs> they're really used to it. And I wanted to, you know, they looked about my age and I was able to go on my phone and show a picture of like my family and gesture to them and they could do the same thing, put it on their phone and show you, yeah, of course, here we are, moms, you know, wives, you know, local community participants. So it's making those connections, I think, that makes the travel so important and then the storytelling. Richer, 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 richer on so many levels. So you've done so many things in your life. And really, a lot of what you do is, regardless of whether it's been the food business or the television business, it's really about education in so many ways. And even what you were just talking about in terms of the way that we can educate and share. What are you currently doing in the area of education? And and that is a very interesting observation. So many of us, we are like, you know, and if we're open minded, we're both. We're we're sharing what we know, which is a form of teaching, and we're open to what we learn from others that comes back to us. So it's 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 really two ways. So I do like, um, I'm a communicator. So in my PR life, I was, you know, when I was writing press releases and promoting food products for my clients, it's a form of communication. And television, obviously, that is a vehicle for all for that. Sure. Um, so now with the iPhone, I enjoy it so much that I do teach it now. And so in my local community, I live in a small village of only 8,000 people. I work through the local rec department or you could use the local library. And I uh, teach a class encouraging people to use their phone to capture. They don't have to go to a fancy destination to capture things in their own garden, to capture their own families when they gather for or, or a kid's football game and ways that they can actually take more um creative and impactful images. And I really enjoy it. And we we get a lot out of it. It's fun. 
So what are some of the tips that you could give people, both maybe in terms of the apps that you use? I always love it when you share with me, oh, here's a new app. Then I always forget what you taught me. But what are some of your favorite apps? And what are the tricks, if you will, to get that better picture? So um, just so you know, every year, it just gets better and better. So the apps that I may have shown you last time we were together, I may, I may be at ones that are more advanced. So the first thing I want to say, whoops is the iPhone, the built-in editing on the iPhone is really good. So I wish I was, I wish I had my little, um, I have a device where I can share my screen. So you can do your editing right on your phone. And one of the main tips I would say to people is to straighten the horizon line. I know that sounds funny, but a million pictures people take of like, you know, a lake or a river or their house or something, the horizon line. And there's a tool in there that says straighten and you just press it and you straighten it up. The other thing is to crop in, like look at, see how nice you are in your frame with your storytelling and your background. A lot of times people have way too much background. So, you know, you need to, there's a cropping tool where you grab one end of the picture and you move your finger in and you crop it that way. I would say those two things. So those you can do just on your phone. My favorite app is Snapseed. Snapseed, one word. It's free from Google. It's uber powerful. And you can make special, you can turn color to black and white. You can remove objects. So, you know, let's say you're at the Grand Canyon and you're taking the best sunset you ever took. And there's this person that just like comes in and they're right there. And you go, oh, it would have been so great. You can just use your finger and snap seed. There's a thing called healing. You rub it in and the person literally would disappear and the, the computer model will fill in all those pixels as if the person wasn't there. How about that? And there are apps that you pay for that do that, but Snapseed is free. Snapseed now, because they're adding, probably the last time I showed you Snapseed, it didn't have that feature. They keep on adding features. Then there are a lot of apps that are worth the price of like, you know, $199, that do single things. A lot of, so if people do like sunset pictures, for instance, everybody loves a sunset picture. Putting a little starburst in a sunset picture makes a sunset picture feel like so much more inspiring. It's like, you know, it just adds a lot of pizzazz. And there's one called Lens Flare that I use. You go on there, you pick out what kind of flare you want, you put your finger in, you size it to the thing, and you put it there, and all of a sudden, it's not just like a, a sun setting on a, you know, a beautiful horizon, or all of a sudden now it's a sun with sun rays coming off it. That's a really good one. Oh, amazing. You know, there's that expression that we all know so well, a picture is worth a thousand words. But you've written and you take photographs. How do you strike the balance? How do you know in the books that you write how much word, how much picture? That is a good question. I wonder if anybody's ever done like, you know, the, the scales of that. Is it a thousand or five hundred, five hundred, two fifty, seven fifty? Um what is it that's striking? When I teach iPhonography, I, you know, I do it in person like this. And I don't, in the, in the guidebook, there is some written pieces about it. Um, I would say, I hope that the photographs are strong enough that it's more visual than words. So I think that that would almost be like a measure of a successful photograph. If I can 
publish a photograph and have a small caption because the photograph conveys a lot of the message that we want. And it probably has to do with whether you're trying to teach how to get that exact image or a similar image, so you need many more words, or whether you're just trying to convey it was an amazing night in the south of France, right? Yeah, yeah. So Another tip for the um, iPhone users out there is shooting on live. I just remembered this. And this is something, you know, that doesn't really come like an iPhone camera, doesn't really come with a manual. Like right. like we learn, like we said, we're all educators and educated through each other. A lot of what I've learned is by sharing with people. So there's a function on your iPhone. It depends on which model you are, but, you know, let's say upper upper menu, and it's called live. And if you turn that on, if you're anywhere where there's running water, like a waterfall, like a river, or a, a movement, like a Ferris wheel or anything like that, if you shoot it in the live mode, then look at your image, flip it up, and you'll see there's all these images. There's one called long exposure, and you'll see the most amazing image of instead of the water being frozen in droplets, it will be like this beautiful creamy stream. And that's right in your iPhone. It's for free, but it's like a little secret, which I just shared. <laughs> Can you, thank you for sharing that. I always shoot on the live mode by mistake, and oh. then my my snapshots turn out to be like, you know, the okay. person moves for a second. So I'm glad to know that that well, has a useful function. There's a different function, but you do see it's what it does is it takes a little video clip. So that's yeah. why when you see live pictures like this, like all of a sudden, like you see that little movement of the head, you can also go in, Grace. Let's say you were taking uh, a picture of someone and you shot it in live. You can go down when you go in the edit function, you press the live again and you'll see the 15 frames yeah. of that live thing and you can find the one with the best expression so when people i use it for blowing out candles in the birthday cake if you take a picture of somebody blowing out candles put it on live and then go down and you'll get the perfect one those are great tips well, very practical <laughs> well they're really great i've always followed in yours and rick's footsteps in terms of places that you've been to travel. Now, you've been to 100 countries. I think I've been to eight. So I haven't been following as closely. But you've been to the Galapagos. You've done safari multiple times. I've, I've done some of those uh, trips. It's really unfair to ask you a uh, favorite country or favorite food, but some favorite experiences that may even cross several countries. I've heard that question before. And of course, yeah, there is no single favorite. But I would say feeling welcomed in a culture enriches the experience. And I've had that experience many times in Asian countries, especially Buddhist countries. And I could tell you where we have been in, let's say, going into a temple. Buddhist temples are beautiful. They're beautifully, they have art. There's color. There's mood. There's often people worshiping. There's so many things in there. You go in. It's like a meditation just to walk in. Now, if I walked into a church here in my community with a camera and started taking a picture, I assume they would call the police. You know, just because it's so odd, like, what is this person doing? On many occasions, and my husband, Rick, has like a giant camera. I mean, I'm sure with an iPhone, which is not threatening. I mean, he has giant cameras. When someone sees us, somebody that works at the, at the temple, they'll often welcome us in with a gesture. They'll, they'll go this, invite us to have tea or lunch. Take us around, try to, with our, our broken English and, and smiles and gestures, 
try to uh, figure out how we can enrich experience for both of us. So when you feel welcomed into a country, so I have felt that many, many times in different places. But I would say for some reason, for me, maybe it's also the red, you know, so red on, you know, when you're in those Buddhist um, countries, you know, those, the, it's rich. It's rich. Well, and a great message to us, too, about how we can welcome more people, going back to what you had said about how more alike we are than different. Um, I know that the pandemic has certainly curtailed your and Rick's travel immensely, but I also like something you said in your biography about how it's made you see your own world differently for photographic experiences. Talk to us about that. Oh, yes. The pandemic uh, took those international trips uh, off our calendar for you know almost two years. And we still love to visit places and we still love to take pictures. So we said, so what can we do? So we live in the Hudson River Valley here in New York. And we just started going. There's so many cool websites, believe it or not, that you can go on. Or I use social media also. You can put in, you know, certain things. So we have found, I would say, at least 10 places within an hour and a half of our home now that we visited that were either like parks that natural hiking trails, trails, or they were like gardens, or they were historic sites that we had never been to that we have now visited. And we're like, we couldn't believe that we had never went been there before. So one comes to mind, Untermeyer Gardens. It's in Yonkers, New York. I've gone by on the road <laughs> to get in and out of the city thousands of times past where the sign is, where the entrance is. So we went, it belongs to the, it's um, state run or it's community run. Uh, so there was no fee, but you had to register because it's timed entrance. We go in there. I was, it's breathtakingly beautiful. It's a Persian garden in, by that uh, some uh, wealthy industrialists, Mr. Untermeyer, made this beautiful thing and then donated it as a garden for the city of, of Yonkers. It is absolutely gorgeous. We took all these pictures and we just looked at each other and said, how could we have not ever been here before in our life? Another one up north of us, close to where we were last time you were here when we went on up to Cold Spring. Yeah. There's a garden there. And um, I think it's Sedum Garden. or The man who started the Garden Conservancy, the national you know organization built this personal garden here i never knew it existed and we went there and we were again just walking around saying how could this possibly be here it's so gorgeous so there are so many things that we can go if we're looking for inspiration for photography or for just having a travel experience you don't have to go that far that's a great tip in and of itself. So what are you working on now? So now, okay, so I have an idea to do a collection of note cards. Do you love sending note cards? I, I love them. Okay. I do. So I love sending them and I love receiving them. If somebody's put something in the mail to me and I get it, it's it's like a treasure, right? Like yes. just the act of that says so much. So um, we've done, we've taken many images here and I have one I'm doing where I take my images, I use my apps, one I really like called Distressed FX, and it creates a dreamy version of like classic places in our community. We have a dam, we have a river, we have an arboretum, 
and I'm calling it, you know, Dreams of Croton. And it's a collection of note cards. So they'll have a look that goes together, but they're going to have this dreamy um, thing. And I'm not going to put any words on them. I'll let people put in their own words. So, yeah. Christmas present. Hint, hint. So we're almost done our time together today. And I always like to end with something quirky that people who read your books or follow you on social media might not really know about you. So do you have something quirky that I haven't noticed in the last 60 well, some odd years? Known, we've known each other a long time. I don't know if I could get any quirky. Um, what people might not know. Uh, I just made a bunch of muffins. I love making muffins, but I have one maybe. So from my scuba diving days, I'm actually in the uh, Women's Diving Hall of Fame. I did not know that. There you go. I'm sharing that with you now. <laughs> That's wonderful. Susan, thank you for being such a great storyteller and a wonderful sister. How can people find you on social media? They can find me on Facebook by Susan Salmon and in Instagram where I just share my iPhoneography is called Inspired iPhone Photos. Fabulous. So I encourage all of our listeners to find Susan Salmon. She is a delight. This has been an episode of The Storytellers, and it is copyrighted by Grace Salmon and Authors on the, er, uh, Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. Thanks so much for listening. That concludes this episode of The Storytellers. I'm so glad you could be part of the story today. I hope you share the stories, tell your own, and come back for another episode, because... When our stories are told, everything changes. I'm Grace Salmon.